the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Get it again, squirrel. Logged on to the damn paper. And I punched up this story. I was prepared to talk about this dimwit in diapers, President Robin Ware, the traitor and thief that he is. With the aliases and the emails and the bribery and the mansions, the dirty whore that he is. But I pulled up this article on the sun.com. And I want you, can you see, squirrel? Look at this little baby. Look at that beautiful baby. Nine months old. Look at him. Nine months old, Kiefer Bebas and his brother, four years old, Ariel, kidnapped by these filthy savages who have been doing this forever but specifically since 1937 and we'll get into the history lesson later so they got him in the tunnels and the tunnels are a web of absolute nonsense and who's going to take him on who this band of traitors and thieves well there's always the plausible deniability he didn't really know he was a traitor he's clearly suffering from dementia we're investing millions in building new bio economy and with homegrown biofuels. Which- Shut up, you stupid son of a dog. You don't even know what fuel is, let alone biofuel. In the meantime, what we're facing is the kind of, uh, the kind of barbarism, the kind of evil most of us have only read about. I want you to hear this sloth, this drug-dealing, theocrat, Islamo-Nazi fraud from, by the way, Qatar. Oh, he doesn't live in that dirt hole where they barely have the wheel called Palestine next to the bustling metropolis. You know, Jerusalem and all the rest of it and Israel and all the little cities that are have business sectors and sky rises and doctor's office and, you know, like regular living. Like, like young Kiefer would have grown up to do. How he would have been taught to respect not just women, let them read. He would have been taught how to think and to reason. He would have been incentivized how to create and produce the exact opposite of the way in which Hamas wants their society to live. In the meantime, here is one of their overlords, one of their drug-dealing scum, one of their upper echelon from Qatar. Now, granted, it's not as much fun as listening to Aloha snack bar as they smash a C-130 that Joe Biden and the traders gave them for free. But it's still, what he's really saying is such a a level of evil you can't even imagine it. But you know what's funny is to watch the American Democrat scourge like John Kirby be questioned about exactly what we're facing. Thanks. John, so uh, talking about getting Americans out of Gaza, President Biden said, I want to thank our partners in the region and particularly Qatar. The leader of Hamas lives in Qatar. So why is President Biden thanking them for anything? Because he's a traitor. Number one, what he should be doing is calling the SEALs, 
the Green Beret, whoever the hell wants to go over to Cutter and kill these rat bastards the way they killed the innocent babies, the way they killed the innocent women. We don't do the raping, but we could throw them in with some donkeys, make them feel at home. Oh, geez, Peter. Let's take a step back here. Look at this. Jeez, Cutter was... They, they are a terrorist group that killed Americans and kidnapped Americans within the last month. Peter, Cutter has been helpful in getting those Americans out. I'm sure you would agree with... There's that. not a man in the Democrat Party. Not a man. You're full of all traitors and thieves. What do you want to do, Kirby? You thinking about eyeballing a little condo for yourself in Cutter? Me and everybody at your network would agree that getting American hostages out is a good thing. And Cutter was a key player in that regard. No, 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 it's not a good thing. It's an absolute. And we'd, we prefer to get them out alive. And we demand that when you deliver them, they're dressed nice and their hair is done and they're showered. Because if there's a bruise, we'll kill a thousand of you. What do you think about that? See, we're dealing with 7th century barbarians who go on to tell you that if you don't believe in their coward God who crawled in a well like a rat where they live in tunnels, then they're going to kill you. This is what this 7th century yardome in the lap of luxury of Cutter, by the way, this is what he goes on to tell you in what I believe is the language of love. لذلك احنا لا نخجل من نقول ذلك بكل قوه انه صي لازم نادبها وحنادبها مره ثانيه وثالثه ومش هذا حتكون طوفان الاقصى اول مره لا you know what he's saying squirrel well it's okay because john kirby knows what he's saying and he goes on to 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 try to prove his point with it which is the real laugh of all things uh, this this fellow at hamas a guy named uh, ghazni hamad he did an interview a couple of days ago he said israel's a country that has no place on our land we must remove it because it constitutes a security, military, and political catastrophe to the Arab and Islamic nation that must be finished. We are not ashamed to say this with full force. We must teach Israel a lesson, and we will do this again and again. That's what the Israeli people are up against. No, that's what we're, the world is up against, which is why each and every one of those goat-dating, theocratic, Islamo-Nazi scum must be gone. There's no reasoning. He's telling you from his luxurious penthouse paid for by drug money and American foreign policy fraud, waste and abuse by our government. He's telling you it doesn't matter what happens. We'll do it again and again and again. And by the way, that's exactly what they have done. I understand that the vast majority of the kids who are siding with the, the Islamo-Nazis are too stupid to read. But this isn't the first merry-go-round. Here's from 1937, Squirrel. The Palestine Commission has issued its report. The commissioners declare that the hoped-for United Nation of Jews and Arabs is impossible. In the Holy Land, they examined all aspects of the problem. Now, in 1937, see, that wasn't anybody's land but Britain. And you could argue it was the Ottoman Empire's before. But really, it was never Palestine. It's a made-up, bull-dung idea. But here's the reason. Why do you think they couldn't come to an agreement. Now, here, here we are, 1937. There's cars driving around. There's businesses that are thriving. In Great Britain, people are even wearing clothes and underpants, unlike in the Middle East. In the meantime, why do you think they couldn't come together, Squirrel? Because you were dealing with the same ideology as this inbred goat lover, leader of Hamas. That's why you were dealing with it. And they understood, look, we can't get along. So they try it. And guess what happens, Squirrel? They recommend that Palestine be partitioned. A sovereign Jewish state to occupy this territory. Here By the way, Squirrel, when you look at the 1937 map, the whole coast where everybody's arguing, give the guy, it was all Israel. All of it. They had the other side by Jordan, which also was created in 1947. But, you know, 
There's only so many lessons you can teach the kids who can't read. An Arab state to include Transjordania and this strip, including the holy cities, to remain under British mandate. Jews have settled in Palestine from all over the world since the Great War, when Britain incautiously promised them the Holy Land as a national home. There are now 400,000 Jews there. By Western methods, they've built the prosperous modern city of Tel Aviv, population 130,000. Prosperous modern city in 1937. What did the other side do? They still don't have underpants on. As Jews increased, introducing up-to-date farming, Arabs feared that the Holy Land, unchanged for 2,000 years, would become a holy Jewish country. Yes, they feared it. So they attacked again in 1937. Great Britain had to go in and mutz all of the theocrats, the Islamo-Nazis, now calling themselves Hamas. Back then, who cares what they called themselves? Here we are, fast forward, 1947. But it was the rising tension in Palestine that held world attention. Partition had brought a new flare-up in the strife between Arab and Jew. Politically, the conflict appeared to be settled. In actual fact, it had only just begun. The United Nations Special Committee had advocated separate Jewish and Arab states as the uneasy compromise. The plan was accepted by 33 votes to 13. Alexander Kadagan, Britain's... By the way, you know who the 13? They weren't Israelis. They weren't any kind of Jewish leadership whatsoever. The only ones that rejected it are the same ones that want to kill all the Jews and always have. You know, Hamas. Representative abstained. Prince Faisal of Saudi Arabia headed the Arab country's opposition. The Jewish state will include the ports of Haifa and Tel Aviv and the whole of the Negev Valley. The Arab will occupy the fertile eastern part. Jerusalem will come under United Nations trusteeship. First reaction from the Jews was one of joy. Crowds gathered in the streets and greeted the birth of their state with traditional dances. Because they've always wanted peace. Who's the only ones that were upset with this solution? You know, the ones who still don't have Charmin. Britain's civic administration is expected to withdraw by May. Jews and Arabs will then govern themselves. Arab opposition to the partition scheme has been violent. The call for a holy war against the Jews went out from Cairo. A three-day general strike coincided with an intensive recruiting campaign. It's like reasoning with a junkyard pit bull. There's no, there's no sense to be spoken. None! Been doing this for centuries, over and over and over again. All because of their made-up witchcraft, gobbledygook, that prevents them from putting pants on. All of it! Except when they're on TV and they're in Qatar and they've got the, uh, the, the hookers coming over. Then they dress up real nice. As in India, transfer of power in Palestine will bring bloodshed. Two states have been born. For the Holy Land, the immediate future would not bring peace. Now you know what happens in 1967. It's 1967, the same thing. They get their ass kicked again. And the Jews give them back land, which was a huge mistake. Huge. Should have never done it. Because what did they do with that land? Did they create businesses? Is there a uh, is there a Wall Street? Is there an insurance district? What exactly is in the so-called Palestine? What, what exactly is there? Gaza is Hamas's power base. And the huge tunnel network underneath Gaza is a secret power base within that base. It is Hamas's default go-to place to hide, to conceal hostages, to fire... Like rats! And that's where this nine-month beautiful little baby is and 32 other kids under the age of 13. Let alone God knows how many 80-year-old women, grandmothers, and women they're still raping repeatedly. 
And you want to, what do you want to do? Ceasefire? What's the guy, what's the guy, uh, uh, Keith Ellis, who was a congressman, I believe, that was sworn in on, on the Crayon, right? I believe he was. And what does he want to do? As Biden was in Minnesota, a group of Muslim leaders in the state announced they would not support his... By the way, there's more Muslims that are denouncing Hamas. There's far more. In fact, it's all over the news. There are Muslims that are saying one word for my Jewish brothers, shalom. Now, those Muslims, those are my brothers and sisters. And they want to come with me to Qatar to chop the head off the snake of Hamas. I don't have the Chuck Schumer phlegm squirrel. I'm a spitter. Re-election bid after he failed to support a ceasefire in Gaza. And Minnesota's Attorney General, Keith Ellison, who was among a small group of Muslim American leaders to meet with the president last week. Now, this is where they still believe in that Sharia gobbledygook, where they mutilate their daughters and they don't want their wives to learn how to read or drive a car. This is that Sharia nonsense where if you steal, they cut off the hand you eat with. So you got to use the hand you wipe yourself with because they still don't have Charmin. In the meantime, there's how many? How big are the tunnels? Rockets from to store weapons. So that is why the network is so important to Israel. First of all, it has destroyed a lot of the ground cover above land so that the Hamas fighters do not have anywhere to go if they run. Now, the Israeli troops are moving underground in order to free the hostages, kill or capture the Hamas fighters. I say you kill them all. It's a shame they even have the hostages. They were smart to do so. Or we could drop one of those bunker busters. Remember those things? You drop it under, it blows up like like a C-130 when these imbeciles try to fly it. In the meantime, what's going on with the other? The other... Islamo-Nazis, you know, the ones we gave an entire country to? And what, $85 billion of weapons? The Taliban. What's going on with the Taliban? Two years ago, Kabul was on the brink. As the Taliban closed in, thousands scrambled to be airlifted to safety by British troops. Some were lucky. Many more were left to their fate. Then there were a couple that got grinded in the wheels that they were hanging on as the plane tried to take off when Joe Biden, the coward and traitor and rat thief that he is, you know, abandoned all the people that said that uh, we were their friends and we were going to look after them. Amongst them, Sky News and a joint investigation with the Lighthouse Reports and The Independent has discovered were Special Forces soldiers who worked closely with the British. Many of them have now been murdered or tortured by the Taliban. You know, like the ones we left behind. Murdered, tortured their family. Like they were Jews. Same thing with Hamas. You kind of get who we're dealing with? Rabid junkyard dogs. One former soldier who escaped agreed to speak to us anonymously. I did not go back home because I knew that I would be a top target and that I would be targeted by them. So for two days, I was wandering in the streets of Kabul, not knowing when I would be killed. Shaheen, whose name we have changed and dozens like him, were part of two elite units collectively known as the Triples who fought the Taliban alongside British forces and we can reveal for the first time were paid salaries by the British government. Shaheen got out. But most of the triples have been denied access to the government scheme for relocating Afghan allies with tragic consequences. So the funny part is, well, we refuse to go into Qatar, Qatar, whatever, and take the heads off of the rat snake that is Hamas and the Taliban. The Taliban... They're doing exactly that to the people who sided with us in Great Britain. And by the way, they got another thing. If you're part of their citizens, you're coming home. Mohammed Rahim is boarding a bus from Karachi to the Afghan border. He is one of thousands of Afghan nationals being forced to return to Afghanistan under Taliban rule before a November 1st deadline that Pakistan set for undocumented migrants to leave the country. Now, how many billions have we given the Taliban pretending to be a country? 
in which we abandoned and wasted thousands of American lives and trillions of American dollars? For that alone, this dimwit in diapers should have been impeached. But nobody can find Robin Ware. 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You know what's funny? I'm inspired now, Squirrel, because we had a caller from an idiot who wanted to, the allegation is America did this to the Indians. And you know, it's kind of similar when you really think about it. You see, the people who advocate that, they have no idea who the Comanches were. The Comanches who killed their own numerous tribes, enslaved and imprisoned virtually every other tribe, except for the Apache who were embroiled in a war with Mexico. You know, Geronimo, his tribe was wiped out by Mexico, not us. But the idiots who chant that, the same ones who believe that the girl who looks like the Dutch boy, Elizabeth Warren is an Indian. They have no idea what they're talking about. We tried for years to get along with the Comanches until they couldn't be reasoned with. And then what did we do? Wiped them out. Now they're nice and calm. calm. They're, they're very calm. Gave them reservations. And they live like Marxists. You got everything you want. What do you need? Healthcare? Okay, you're good. We're just going to put a liquor store there. Keep you quiet for the next 600 years. See, that's how it really works. Want to do history with Sean? We'll do it all day long. John and Garfield Ridge. Hey, Sean, I owe you a cigar, my friend. Uh, I don't know what Jimmy Carter puts in those peanuts, but it's working. You know, Still uh, alive! <laughs> I told you, that son of a gun was going to go to a Halloween party. I think he's going to a Christmas benefit as well. He might, he might get the uh, Medal of Freedom Award. Why not? Yeah, I tell you, I wish Patrick Swayze's of the world and the Ray Liotta's uh, had a few of those peanuts. The world will be a little better off, don't you, you think? You can trace down the collapse of America to the death of Patrick Swayze. Within three weeks, the stock market collapsed and the whole world was different. Patrick Swayze was the glue that helped this country together. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, on a, on a serious note, you know, when we hear more and more all these atrocities, this barbarism committed by Hamas, these, these kidnappings right now, uh, all I can think, you know, there there is no peace talks, Sean. You know, there's no ceasefire. Uh, you know, the only thing on the menu now is is now you can't leave. That's exactly right. Now you can't leave. Let's put a little cap on those tunnels. We lock them down, and a few bunker bus- busters at the uh, opening and the exit. Problem solved. But see, the real problem is you're only going to kill the idiots, the useful idiots, the soldiers, the ones who actually were the murderers, the ones who thought of it. They're in Qatar with a few hookers from the Crazy Horse. That's where they are. And it's about time we address that. And you know, John, you come in this cigar store, you know which relative I'm talking about who was instrumental in Americans' frontier. He helped solve the problem with the Comanches. I love that about him. I only wish I had met him. I'll meet him soon enough. Thank you very much. In the meantime, it's very interesting, the similarities. You see, when you can't reason, when you can't negotiate, when they value death more than peace, well, then you have to give them what they want, death. And that's the group that are holding innocent Americans as well as 200. And you're going to say, well, then why are you talking to them? And why are you? No, I'm not. No, no, no. That's what everybody with a set of testicles, with an understanding of history, who wants to live in peace is going to say. Everybody with a brain and an IQ over 60 is going to say that. But what you're going to do, John Kirby, and your boss, Robin Ware, you're going to try to bribe them. Like you've been doing since the 40s, 50s. You're going to send your secret agencies, your morons around, and you're going to try to bribe them with hookers and money and Rolls Royces. But not everybody 
is a Ukrainian government official. See, these people worship death more than life. That's the only way they can abuse their own kids, their own women, their sisters. There's no reasoning with the Comanches or Hamas. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. How many years are you going to deal with it? How many generations are going to put off what needs to be done? There are billions of Muslims that know exactly what Hamas is and try to distance themselves from them as they do the Taliban, who kills other Muslims, just like Hamas and Houthi, minus the blowfish. Easy, Kamala. Nobody's calling you. In the meantime, this has been a problem for centuries. Kirk Johnsburg. Yeah, Sean. So in Illinois, one of the major tourist attractions is all about two tribes of Indians fighting each other. Start rock. One tribe forced another tribe up on top of a big rock in the middle of the Illinois River and starved them to death. Yeah. yeah the Comanches were, 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 were beyond brutal. They were like the Hamas. They raped the women. They killed the, 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 everybody, even kids, that were if they were male. I mean, nobody understands this. And it's the self-loathing Americans that want to rewrite, oh, we're the worst of the thing. Your stupid ass doesn't know why we're the youngest and the richest, you morons. These idiots who couldn't live a day in their grandfather's shoes if you gave them a million dollars. None of them. They're all these new butter-handed pansies who want to get something for nothing because they're a victim. Sickening. It's disgusting. I'm sick and tired of them. Thank you very much. By the way, I got one of those clips. I just sent it to Honey Bunny. Listen to this moron. It's a non-binary person. It's like the girl at Starbucks who wants to be called Nick until she wants to get ear slapped and pulled out of there by her tongue for getting the drink wrong. Then she doesn't want to be a guy. I know how that goes. What's going on? Nothing. Why are you driving in the wrong way of traffic? No, I just got changed around. I just moved here like two months ago. Okay. I just got changed around. Okay. Do you understand what's going on, though? Yes. You're going in oncoming yes. traffic. I know, and I just decided that it was better just to turn around and really Okay. But I'm sorry. I just have, like, really bad social anxiety and stuff. I get you. I don't want to step out whenever you're asking for this is good defense for all the guys I grew up with, all the guys who are drunkards and whatnot. When you get pulled over, tell everybody you got social anxiety and you want to be called Nancy. That'll get you out of the ticket. Okay, well, we're past that. Just go ahead and step out. As an indigenous person. She's indigenous. She must be a Comanche. She's indigenous, squirrel. You know what that means? She doesn't look indigenous. In fact, she looks like a big, fat Eastern European uh, uh, seamstress to me. Back here, please. Miss Perry? Am I... Well, I'm non-binary, so... Okay. What do you go by? Kai. How can I refer to you tonight? Kai? Kai. Okay. Hey, I'm... Sm- well, here's the deal, Kai. You stink like a bury and you're driving the wrong way. Hey, you. Hey, Kai. Hey, moron. You could have killed some decent people who have jobs going home to their families. What's the, what's the problem with you? Uh, alcohol. No. How much have you consumed tonight? 
probably through Jane. I need to run you through some tests right now. Stand facing me, please. But I just want you to know that I also have very bad social anxiety. You and me both. Okay. Any recent head trauma, traumatic brain injuries, anything I need to know about? Uh, mental, yes. <laughs> she's mental. She says she's mental. She says it over and over and over again, as if no one could tell. First of all, honey, you're in the wrong clothes. And your name isn't Kai. You're Miss Peters. Focus on my finger, please. I am. You're just, like, trying to intimidate me. No, no, no. Trying to save the world. Because your stupid drunk ass is going the wrong way down the road. This is the same nonsense from every one of them. Let's send her over to the Hamas. Let's see how they take her. Uh, Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how are you today? I'm really aggravated when I look at that little baby. Nine months old! Yeah, I, These red I bastards. I agree with you, 100%. What I wanted to say is this Marjorie Taylor Greene, she uh, wanted to vote to censure uh, this Tlaib. But it seems like uh, there's 23 Republicans who think uh, what she's saying about Israel, uh, it's all Israel's fault. And they, they seem like they're backing her. Rich, I don't think uh, people appreciate... I don't understand what's going I'm gonna on help you. I'm going to help you. I don't think people right, appreciate me. the money that's being stolen and misappropriated in the name oh, of yeah. foreign policy. You understand there's right. a tremendous amount of money being stolen. I, I, I found something. Listen to this, Rich. 1965, 1965, the president of Singapore, his name is Lee Kuan Yee. Lee Kuan Lee had some character. Lee Kuan Yee knew how to diagnose the problem. I, I want to be quite frank with you here. If the British withdraw, I'm prepared to go on with the Australians and the New Zealanders, but I'm not prepared to go on with the Americans. What? Why not, Mr. Prime Minister? Why do you think America... Well, can I put it this way? I think they're a highly intelligent, well-meaning often, people, and some of their leaders, like Kennedy, the late president, had signs of growing greatness, depth. But, you know, by and large, the administration lacks depth and judgment or wisdom. It's like he's talking about today, isn't it? Which comes out of an accumulation of knowledge of human beings and human situations over a long period of time. That's lacking. And it's not their fault. What have they got? Three, four hundred years of history? And they've become a nation just recently. You know, I'll tell you this. I've had three experiences, only three experiences with the Americans. And they did not intend any harm in each one of them. But the tragedy was they did real harm. First, this is old stuff now. We caught an American CIA agent trying to subvert our intelligence special branch officer. Bribe him so that the special branch officer will feed the CIA because the CIA wants to know what's happening. I mean subverting a Singapore officer. The man might have succeeded, but I'm proud to say that the officer offered large sum of money and continuing sums of money. This was in 1960. Refused and reported the matter to his chief who reported it to me. I want you to listen, Squirrel, to the money. And I want you to think about the, the number it is in 19, 
60. 1960, you could buy a car for $2,000. You could buy a house for between 8 and 16. I want you to listen to the amount of money they were willing to bribe a government official in Singapore. Man was caught locked up. And it was on razor's edge whether we charged him in open court or not. No, no, let me explain this. When I told the American government, all right, we keep quiet, you take this man away, $100 million to the Singapore government for economic development. $100 million for economic development. You mean like infrastructure? Ooh, it was like an infrastructure bill. Do you know what $100 million was? in 1960, and they're not done trying to bribe the president of Singapore. You know? No, 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 listen to me. I didn't tell, you know, I, I never spoke to the Americans direct, because, you know, you see, they, are, uh, they lack the finesse, and, you know, some, they, they may say, yes, hey, give it to you, why not? To the, why should the Singapore government just give to you, to me, which would have ruined me? But through an intermediary, they offered me and my party $10 million. I mean, $10 million to a man in 1960. What kind of man says no to that in 1960? Somebody with character who's not for sale. The CIA isn't used to that. The insult, you know. I told them, keep it. That's a man. And there's more. There's a lot more, but that's foreign policy. And now the numbers are so big, how much finds its way back to K Street? Well, you can know, just taking a look at the most corrupt country in the world compared to America, Ukraine. They went from three lobbyists to 37 since we started giving them money. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. For more than half a century, we've been on this bribery foreign policy. The amount of money that's misappropriated and stolen, we, we really don't have an idea. To think about 1960, offering one politician in Singapore $10 million. I mean, I don't know how many people understand inflationally adjusted money. But it's insane. And this man said no. It's important. Do not forget this. And this is why I want, I have not the slightest doubt that my two colleagues, Dr. and Dr. and Mr. Rajaratnam, go on this tour of Afro-Asia, which they'll do as soon as the local affairs are settled. I have not the slightest doubt that Afro-Asia will be with us. You see, unlike, if Cuba with an American base with American sovereignty is independent and not a new colonialist stooge than me. The people of Singapore, owners of the British bases, I mean, I could give you a notice, 24 hours notice, you have to quit. Or you're committing an act of aggression with very serious consequences. Oh, very serious. Oh, yeah, surely. Uh, I think, Mr. Lee, you... That man turned down $105 million dollars in today's money. Gary Northlake. Yes, how are you, sir? Good, how are you? You are a breath of, you are a breath of fresh air, oh. and uh, I share your outrage. And, and my point here is the media, the mainstream media, 
you know, you watch the local news, whether it's nine Fox, you know, et cetera, they fluff everything. There is no crisis. You know, the diesel buses are running downtown. The hypocrisy and the lies of the media just make me sick. The people that don't watch the news don't notice it. They just go with the flow. The people that watch the news are being lied to and just go with the flow. And there's only the small percentage of, uh, go ahead. You'll remember this. You remember LBJ, the lying thief rat that he was, racist pig? Yes. Do you know how he made his money? You know how he made his money? Mm. Radio and TV. Wow. Radio, radio and TV, and he hit everything in that dimwit wife of his called Lady Bird. And wow. um, yes. the way that the, what you recognize then is the reason that he wanted the media in Texas at the time was so that he could control the narrative. This is the main thing of all kinds of communism and Marxism and socialism. They try to control the narrative. So these people who are on media, keep in mind who we're dealing with. We're dealing with people who wanted to be actors but were too ugly. They couldn't get commercial gigs, so they become reporters. And in order to keep that job and keep that station's license, they have to do what they're told. And it, 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 there's, there's an interesting time yep. in, in, in Vietnam. And the information that was redacted from the American people and the way in which all of the information, vast majority of people had no concept of what that was, why we were there, even the people who defended it at that time. They were just repeating what they were hearing from a corrupted media that was controlled by the government. And the billions of dollars back then that was stolen at the cost of 58,000 lives and 100,000 injured and the rest of it. And to this day, you have politicians that don't know what it was. You have politicians that think they're still in North and South Korea like that morphodite, Sheila Jackson Lee. So this is what we're dealing with. Because people don't want to do the thing that you and I find interesting. They don't want to look into it. You don't have to go deep. Just page two. And think yeah. for yourself. And that's why, you know, you know we, we get the sta- stats from the Chicago public school system. They don't need people oh who can think and read. They need morons. Because morons make useful idiots. And that's, that's what yeah, this well, government needs. And that's well, why they make them think, well, you're a Democrat, you're a Republican. By the way, they're both scumbags. Yeah, you know, there was one ray of hope, I thought, uh, uh, when the parents started to find out what these kids were being taught in school when they were out of school. Yeah. There was a little ray of hope, but everybody that is well, right, correct and right is shut down. Gary, don't underestimate that because because it's a funny thing about history. You can't time it the way you can normal things that is still going on. The ramifications could be a tidal wave of Americanism, which I think it will be. More and more people took their kids' education very, very seriously. And things are changing. We just don't see it because we're in the moment. But I'm telling you, it's not yeah. over, and I think it looks good. Now, it won't yeah. look good for us for the next 10 years well, because there's still you know, the moment think there's is a Democratic scary. The, the moment is very scary because I feel that the repercussions of this open border we have, it, can, it, can't, be, it can't be turned around. It's too late. Biden it's, said, come on in. And then one week later, he said, wait a minute. Gary, the faucet's open, and and what Feder- do, we don't federalism. Need, I, federalism is million. your friend. Federalism is your friend. N- never mind. It's going to be uncomfortable. There will be a few people that take care of it, and the generations they have. And what I'm seeing in a place that is quality, where people are fleeing corrupt Democrat areas, is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And the education system, there was just a thing that the, the fat ass Marxist teacher union tried to get a foothold in Collier County and Lee County. They just got rejected. Oh, they just got rejected. So the thing is, there are states now 
that you have an option. And if you can't do it, I understand. I got friends and family who I love. They can't do it. Make sure your kids. Yeah, the only, I think my closest option is Southern Illinois, and I hear that's conservative, but we still have Fat Boy, yeah. who's a dictator. To me, yeah. you know, Trump. To, you, know, they, you hear, you know, four years Kentucky, of uh, the barbecue's better. All right, I got to go. Thank you, brother. How much time, squirrel? Any? Any? Thirty seconds. George Naperville. Sean, Chief Sitting Bull said, "We belong to the earth. Earth does not belong to us." What do you think of that? I like it. I, I mind sitting. Well, I, Geronimo's an interesting character. You know, people uh, think it's the American government that wiped out his people. They're wrong. It's the Mexican government. And they wiped them out because he used to raid Mexico. It was a back and forth tit for tat. Didn't turn out too well, but you do get to yell Geronimo when you jump in a pool. We'll be back after this with a great guest. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little My next guest is the... Perfect guest to have on when we discuss the Middle East, in my opinion. He's a senior analyst for the Middle East Affairs at the Center for Security Policy. He's also a founding member of Delphi Global Analysis Group. He's been working on this for decades. He is Dr. David Wormser. Hi, doctor. Thank you for joining me. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for, thanks for having me on, Sean. Well, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Isn't that true when you're dealing with this seventh-century barbarism? Yeah, you know, I think you're. I think you're, right there. I think you just nailed it. Um, this is not something that is so. Uh, I mean, look, the the parameters were much more than what we've seen in many many years, but the barbarism is not necessarily. There were massacres like this in the twenties and thirties and fifties, forties and. You know, we've all seen this sort of stuff, so unfortunately you're right. But this is something that really is since the the invention of this particular uh, um, religion, they have inside of the religion that has 2.5 billion people, they have cultists who the only way they interpret the writings of the religion is to become Islamo-Nazis. And the only way they feel that they're going to get ahead is if they either convince people to agree to their cult or they kill them. So at this point, we cannot reason. After all, the vast majority of this particular sector of this religion live as if it is still the 7th century, from the way they treat other people to the way they treat their family and whatnot. What's different now is that the hierarchy has become very rich, and they don't live there anymore, and they're in Qatar. And until they are killed, we're never going to get out from under this, because they keep getting richer as the useful idiots do their dirty work. Yeah, I mean, I think again, you've nailed it right on the head. I, I mean, the, the, these guys, it, there's you can go to the United Arab Emirates or some other places, and there, and there's a lot of interpretation. It has allowed many Muslims to to no longer be like this. But the pure uh, Salafi uh, form, which which now informs so really all Islamist thinking, whether it's Hamas, Muslim Brotherhood, 
uh, fr quite frankly, a number of organizations in America like CARE and so forth. What you got is this. It's, it's, it's pure and simple. Either you agree with me or you, will, you, you, you have a choice. It's either the sort or conversion for them. Yeah. And, and we're seeing the consequences of that. But what's, I think, troubling for somebody like me is that I, I, I examine it through the lens. I try to go far back as I can. I try to be selective, and I try to, to throw out the information that even resembles propaganda. But the one thing that I keep coming back to is the common denominator is the failings in the foreign policy of this country for the last 80 years is outrageous. We have been enriching them either directly through bribery or through our own policy, which has taken these countries where they have no industry, where they have no thriving quality of life or business community or, or achievements, no matter how you want to put them on a scale. But it's us who keeps funding this. And in there, to me, lies the problem. Because we pretend we're in this two-party system when the reality is we're bribing people to pretend to be our friends. And it's coming back to bite us in the ass. What do you think? Well, no, I think you're right. And there's a, there's a deeper sort of uh, idea that's infecting not just affecting, but infecting our foreign policy establishment, which is sort of a, a mild form of socialism, which is if just the money flowed, if there were some economic uh, justification or justice, economic interests will determine their development into a moderate, happy place. And that keeps informing decision after decision, whether it's bribery, whether it's Israelis letting in the twenty to 50,000 workers, that many of which turned out to be spies for Hamas, of October 7th, it doesn't help. That's not the problem. The problem are the ideas that inform these terrorists. And, you, and, you know, not, and it's, not, it's not a question of economic determinism. You just give these people jobs no. to be happy and leave us alone. No, it's about understanding what the Enlightenment is and the property over your own life and recognizing that the countries do, that do not give that to their citizens cannot be tolerated and they certainly can't be enriched. You know, this is something that is mind-boggling to me. And when we saw what, what uh, as he's referred to on this show, because I believe that Joe Biden is illegitimate, I, I either use Dimwood in diapers or President Robin Ware, which is the alias he used to, to enrich himself and, and, and commit treason, in my opinion. So when you see President Robin Ware give the Taliban an entire country in the face of not just the, the, the dollars, the trillions of dollars Americans wasted, but the lives, the thousands of, of American lives in Afghanistan, which I think we could argue we should have never gone into the quagmire. However, that one act, to me, was outrageous and really never addressed properly. And it turns out that, that whether it's the Taliban or Hamas, they're all in conjunction with each other, aren't they? They're completely in conjunction with each other. Israelis are finding weapons, not only from Afghanistan, by the way, they're finding weapons from North Korea. China, Iran, you know, it, it, it's there is a, 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 a Tolkien in Lord of the Rings uh, said that there's a sleepless malice that stirs. And I think that's really what we're seeing here. The Israelis are sort of the front edge of Western civilization. So they're going to be hit first. And they were asleep. They were in a slumber. They were complacent. And we see the consequences. Now they're waking up. They're going to get their act together. And I hope they're going to, you know, they're going to win this war in a big way. And they're going to do it under their own power and with their own soldiers. Thank but God. The West they don't need as a us. Whole, yeah. But the West as a whole needs to wake up from its slumber. We are under assault, both externally and internally. 
from this axis that is trying to corrupt our society from within, whether it's through the squad and people like that, or 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 corruption, like we saw with with uh, Joe Biden's son and Joe Biden probably, or whether it's externally, like uh, sending uh, uh, aligning with Caracas and Venezuela and so forth. We are under assault. What Israel is facing is the fir- is not the first battle, but it's a major wake up call for the West that we Western civilization are under assault, and we need to find allies in the rest of the world so we don't have to carry all the water ourselves. And, the, and, the, and therefore, for the Israelis, they're, car- they're trying to carry their own water, and if they win big, they'll find lots of friends amongst the other Arabs, like the Emirates, even the Saudis, who will then love to be with them, because a strong horse, you like to be with a strong horse, not with a lame donkey. So at the end of the day, th- this is a major battle now in the West, for the West, but but it doesn't replace the West waking up from its slumber now. There's an interesting time in our history, recent, that we could refer to. And it's something that I, quite frankly, didn't think would happen. I underestimated the ability of Trump, who I didn't like many things about him, mainly because he spent 80% of his time as a Democrat bribing Chicago Democrats and New York ones. But I underestimated his foreign policy, which was a rabid success to me, because it it really was peaceful. And when it wasn't, it had a purpose. It was specific. He killed the, the, the savage in Iran. Wonderful. But for the most part, he did something most presidents do not do. He went himself and took part in diplomacy. And for four years, we didn't hear anything from the only fat person in North Korea. And for four years, we had a tranquility. And you also had some major successful peace agreements in the Middle East that are all shot now because of the dimwood and diapers. So do you think that his plan of a foreign policy in a in a hybrid austerity, it wasn't really austerity, but in a hybrid austerity, is the way that we should look at things, if not even more so, and simply cut off our bribery for friends? Oh, absolutely. You know, his four years followed eight years of the Obama administration, which were a complete disaster in foreign policy. We were throwing our soldiers all over the place, but at the same time, we were acting weak, which is the worst possible combination you can have. And so the president, uh, President Trump, came and he made it clear that if you cross American interests, you will hear from us and you will hear from us in a nasty way. And all the other interests that are vital to the West but could be carried by our allies, he asked our allies to pick up the ball and help. And but at the but at the same time he then backed our allies up and didn't undercut them. And that that's that's the secret of his success. And it was a great success for four years, especially given that he was coming off of eight years of a terrible foreign policy. But what's amazing is how this Obama three administration, which is really, if you look at the staff of the Biden. Oh, it's exactly. That's exactly who we are talking about. If you look at that, it's amazing how quickly in two years they've reversed all that. Dr. Wormser, you're talking to a guy who grew up outside of Chicago in a little neighborhood, but worked in the city for years. I have a certain contempt for Chicago Democrats that I think it would take you 40 years to catch up on me because I witness what they are. They're political whores, they're, they're, they're totalitarian frauds, and they're half-assed gangsters. And they use that level of corruption, and they have somehow 
nullified the the principles of those people who still live in those areas and support that party. So I I think Barack Obama was not only unqualified, but I also think he profited because I've learned in my years of following politics that corruption trickles up. And when you see the kind of money and you see the Robert Malley's and the Jack Lew's that were the architect of the so-called Iran nuclear agreement, to me, that's treason. And now that they have an undeniable fact that Robert Malley has been so caught red-handed, he's no longer, he has to sit on the bench. But the reality is, it's quite possible that we have been infiltrated by Iranian intelligence, and we have been since Barack Obama was pretending to be the president, correct? Well, the people that he named to run our Middle East policy were clearly, we know, they've been compromised. Some of them were, were sending emails to the Iranian government to clear their, their positions. And we have those. Uh, I mean, it's it's not even a mystery anymore. And and one of them, Robert Malley, which you mentioned, is now under investigation for espionage, as, as we understand it. Not um, so. It, it it you're you're not not only are you not far from the mark, you hit the mark. But on top of it all, I I simply ask a, a question that's always mystified me pre- about President Obama. In 2008, when he took office, he was quite wealthy. This is not typical of a short-term congressman and a one-term senator. Where did all that money come from? Well, you know what's funny, Doctor, when you're from Chicago, I'm in the real estate business. He was wired up to a greasy scumbag who actually went to prison by the name of Tony Resco. He was so broke that he was three months late on his car payment and of a Chrysler 300. When he bought the land where he lived in, in Humble Park, or not Humble Park, excuse me, where, where, Hyde Park, when he, there was an adjacent lot that Resco's wife had to buy and at the property closing, somehow became assembled. So the, the kind of stuff that we're talking about could not happen without those bodies of government also being sympathetic and corrupted by the Democrat Party, which I call the short-in-the-pants Chicago Mafia. However, that's just the appetizer to what he did as president, because now you're in the level of true treason. And we are living through that ramification now. And my question is, do you think we can explain, if you want the peace, you don't have to love the man, but you should love the ideology of peace. And I think a a big part of this is none of this could have happened if we truly did have intelligence agencies, if we truly did have an FBI, or as it's known in my neighborhood, forever bothering Italians. If they knew what they were doing, we wouldn't be in this predicament. The fact of the matter is, they were looking the other way, if I'm kind, in on it, if I think. What do you think about that? Yeah. Well, yes, absolutely. You know, I was struck when I went through college, and this was already 30, 40 years ago. Dates me, but yes, it was 40 years ago. I was shocked by who the CIA was hiring. These were the people who I thought would never get a security clearance from the Progressive Student Union, people who were quite sympathetic with the Soviet Union. Remember, the Soviet Union still existed at that time, the Reagan era. They, they, they were hiring people who were sympathetic to the Soviet Union and blaming America for everything. I couldn't believe these were the people who were being hired. So, so the- I think that there's been a long-term penetration or in the very least, to sleep at the switch, uh, and maybe some mendaciousness. We thought, well, if these guys are sort of sympathetic to communists, maybe we can turn them and use them, because uh, the Soviets may think more like it. I don't know what they were thinking, but the bottom line was there wasn't a very good filter of no. who was going in. And then in the, then later, I think the FBI used, well, we see what happened with the FBI. It's politicized, and Holder was, an, was, an, was a meltdown. Dr. Wormser, I, I found something 
just by happenstance. I was up. I don't sleep a lot. I was up last night, and I found something, and it was an unusual source. I want to play it for you. It's from the notable gangster Sammy the Bull Gravano, and he is talking about the weather underground, which also traces back to Chicago. I just want you to hear this. Can you mention the weather underground? I did time with one guy. He was in jail 30-something years when I was there. And one day he said, Sam, I'm left. Everybody got out. They screwed me. So I said, who? Because he's one of the guys who killed one of the cops in bombs and all that shit. He was one of the main players. But he said the main players were the white guys who were in it. I don't know their names, he said. But they got out, and they became college professors. So I said, well, I mean, getting get busted, you could become a college professor. I, I was naive to it. I didn't know it even what he was talking about. And they sacrificed me. They lived up to their deal with that, but not me. Now, I heard that. I said, what do you mean by they lived up to their deal? He said, you don't think we were doing this on our own? There was a group of us, and we were patriots that we wanted to do these things. So I said, somebody was giving us an okay or stuff like that. But we were getting money. You know, we were a radical group. We didn't have three cents. We were getting money. Certain people, they lived up to the agreement they got out. He's talking about Bill Ayers, who is He's a talking professor. about Bill Ayers. Yeah. yeah, and Bill Ayers was the in, in his, uh, it's where President Obama launched his political career, was in his living room, as far as I understand. My allegation is this. Our so-called intelligence agencies, our, our bureaucracies that are supposed to protect us from this kind of corruption and treason, have been in on this for decades, in my opinion. And I think if we're going to fix our foreign policy, we have to defund and give our so-called intelligence agencies an enema. And you've dealt with them for decades. Do you feel differently? You know, I, I've dealt with them for decades, and it's 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 really mystifying and quite disturbing if you deal with them. Their inability, I mean, some of it is just intellectual mediocrity, or they really don't care to do their job right. But some of it, you really see an animus there to the American idea, and uh, it's really disturbing. He is Dr. David Wormser. I can't thank you enough for joining me. He is a senior analyst for the Middle East Affairs at the Center for Security Policy. Is there anywhere you uh, drop articles from time to time where the listeners can keep an eye on you? Well, generally, the Center for Security Policy, and literally centerforsecuritypolicy.org, uh, republishes all my articles. So that's a pretty good one-stop shop. I appreciate it. I'm going to tap you again if I have questions. You all right with that? Wonderful. Thank you, Wonderful. Dr. Wormser. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. It's in all the news, squirrel. Donald Trump. He's got 91 indictments. 91? What's the crime? Fraud. Where? We don't know, but we're going to make it up. You know what? I, I, I think it went uh, really well. If we were actually dealing with logic and reason, uh, the way business is conducted. But unfortunately, the attorney general has brought forth a case that is purely a political persecution. Uh, the banks in question made hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, think about this, right? They are not claiming that they are victims. They are not saying that they were misled. They are saying that they did their own due diligence. Uh, but that doesn't matter because I guess in the uh, attempt to get Trump, the attorney general can go at and try to, I guess, make more millions for the biggest banking institutions in the world who have already made millions. I mean, I think it's a truly scary precedent for New York. 
Uh, for me, for example, before even having a day in court, I'm apparently guilty uh, of fraud for relying on my accountants to do, wait for it, accounting. Well, that's Don Jr. And if your name is Trump, you're guilty of everything. And by the way, they want to get the daughter in there. Yes, because they want to expose and exploit. But here's some news that the media writ large, the national media will never pick up. Here is absolute guilt of Democrat election thievery, you rat fat, by the way, bastards. Well, Republican leadership here at the state capitol is calling on Democratic leaders to uh, tackle this issue of election security. And not next year, but next week when a special session is slated to be held here at the state capitol. I don't think this can wait. This video surfacing in Bridgeport, allegedly showing city employee and Mayor Joe Ganim supporter Wanda Jeter Pataki stuffing white envelopes into an absentee ballot drop box. We have for years said that those need to be inside the municipal municipal buildings, not outside the municipal buildings. And until we can get this so that it's secure, I think we've got to stop that process. Democratic leaders agree it's concerning. It causes concern if people don't have faith in the integrity of the system. The pub- Take it easy, you thieving rat Democrat. We know what you did. Some other news for you right now at five. Today was day two of the Bridgeport absentee ballot hearing. And the woman right here in this video, allegedly at the center of all this, was spotted with a drop box. She was on the witness stand. Channel 3 New Haven Bureau Chief Matt McFarlane was inside court today, and he's joining us live right now with more. Matt. Hi there, Mark. Well, that woman, Wanda Jeter Pataki, in that video, she was called to testify, wanted to speak about the ballots and that video. But not surprisingly, she didn't say much. Instead, pleading the fifth. Did you ever deposit an absentee ballot, a completed absentee ballot that was not yours in a city drop box? On the witness stand and question for 35 minutes, Wanda Jeter Pataki, the City Hall employee and supporter of Mayor Joe Ganim, took the fifth. She and her attorney refusing to answer questions. Again, Your Honor, on behalf of my client, I would assert a privilege. Is that in the news? Because this was a local news. Little tiny station. I didn't see it on any of the big stuff because there's a little update. Well, Britain, Sarah, today's ruling by Judge William Clark sends a 10-day timeline into motion for the candidates, the city of Bridgeport, and the Connecticut Secretary of the State's office to set to come to an agreement to set a new date for that new primary, despite the general election going on as planned next Tuesday. Mayoral candidate John Gomes being greeted by campaign members for the first time since the judge's ruling Wednesday to essentially redo the Bridgeport mayoral primary. Incumbent Mayor Joe... Redo it? What do you mean redo it? They cheated. You give the win to the other guy. Nah, you don't want to do that. Why? Because there's a lot at stake. See, these Democrats, their agenda isn't to bring prosperity or peace, regardless of what they say. He ran on this, as you all know, uh, to uh, restore the soul of this nation, to make sure that there, that no hate uh, sees the light of day, to continue uh, to, um, uh, to fight against that type of hatred. No, he didn't, you affirmative action dimwit, you moron. I know you're not too smart, but after all, you are a lesbian. And when it comes to pleasing women, woo, you should be the spokes idiot for this administration. And... What you're doing is more and more gaga. Yeah, you are. Because what you've done is destroy the tranquility of this country. 
You absolutely unequivocally have. What exactly is it called again, Squirrel? Bidenomics? I believe it's Bidenomics, right? And where is the dummy when he says Bidenomics? Where is he? Where is he? Inflation is coming down at the same time. It's down from 60%. It's down 60% since last summer. Down 60% since last summer. See, the plausible uh, deniability is he clearly has dementia, clearly doesn't understand the nuances of what he's talking about. So let's get some some real numbers, shall we? Where exactly is the other clip? Here we go. Here's the price hike since President Biden took office. Food up 3.7%, new cars 2.5%, shelter 7.2%, and child care 4.8%. So these are essentials. This is not like little extras that you might need. And the, the buying power of your dollar is down 19%. 19%, which explains why they're on a bulldog tour. Core inflation is the lowest level in two years. We have the lowest inflation rate of any major economy in the world. Why do you think he doesn't go four years or five years or six years? Why do you think he never wants to talk about, you know, the, the, the Trump years, the good years? Folks, all this is no accident. It's Bidenomics. And by the way, we got more to do. Oh, you got a lot more to do. You're strengthening your labor extortion mafias called unions. You're strengthening them at the detriment to our actual economy. Has anybody taken a look at uh, some of the companies that went along with the labor extortion mafia's stock? Has anybody looked at UPS in the last nine months? What's it down? $80? That seems to be big. How do you think that bodes for all the other people that are affected by UPS's success? You know, like the honest 401ks? See, what he's doing is backdoor destroying our economy. It's the, uh, the equity or equality through poverty, like you see in Chicago. And then when you're all softened up by Chicago, well, then you're ripe for the pickings. And then your overlords, who are nothing but two-bit whores in $6,000 suits with stupid hairdos, they talk to you like you're a child. So what was your message to the White House, and what did you, did you hear what you hey, wanted to hear? Sir, can we have this thing? I'm just like, Oh, that, I appreciate yeah, you looking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mayor's going to make a couple of remarks, and then okay. you can know your question. Go ahead, Mayor. Thank you. All right, cool. Well, today I had the opportunity to meet with um, the Chief of Staff to the President of the United States, as well as his senior advisor, um, about the significant challenge that we are experiencing, experiencing in the city of Chicago and cities across this country around um, those who are seeking asylum um, here in this country. And, you know, in order for us to... To meet this moment, we're going to need significant investment from the federal government. And I've made our ask very clear um, that the, the supplemental um, the moment that we're in, the opportunity to fund critical services throughout the entire country. Critical services. You see the bust out, much like the bust out in New York and the failures in California. What they need is money because they've misappropriated the real budget. They've massively increased the taxes. As far as the migrants, don't worry. They've got interesting ways to fund their own lifestyle. New at five, a pair of Venezuelan migrants has been charged with stealing almost $3,000 in merchandise from the Oak Brook Mall. Police arrested Luis Mendez Gomez and Frank Montez Davila. They were- huh. They're definitely Venezuelan. In the meantime, what do you, what do you think this is? You think, you think Oak Brook is the sewer once great city of Chicago? Arrested yesterday, now charged with felony burglary and retail theft. Mendez Gomez was also cited for driving. That's a fun name to say, isn't it? Mendez Gomez. Mendez Gomez. Without a license, police say the men went into Oak Brook Macy's with two bags and started filling them with items. Officer- Yo, Mendez Gomez, you got to pay for those items. It's America, baby. 
This is in Chicago. Just took him into custody not long after. The bags allegedly contained 16 high-end fragrances. And a- well, you're going to need that. You're definitely... Do something about that stink. Will you please? Pair of pants. This is the second time. You're going to need pants. Pants are important. I mean, a little more than a week that migrants have been charged with stealing from the Oak Brook Macy's. Pants are overrated, Squirrel. That's a very good point. But it's interesting. Did you know, Squirrel, there are more Venezuelans? I don't know why they're leaving. That's where the Chicago public school system just 12 years ago said was a utopia. Why are you guys leaving? A new report reveals that Venezuelans have become the largest nationality for illegal border crossings, replacing Mexicans for the first time on record. According to U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials, Venezuelans were arrested nearly 55,000 times last month by Border Patrol after entering from Mexico. That's more than double the number of arrests from Venezuelans compared to August. Now, it's interesting when you think about why? Why are all of these people leaving Venezuela? We see it's been a little hot in the kitchen for street gangs. Oh, it has. Victoria. Tucker on prison has often been described as a hotel for a powerful criminal gang. It has a disco, a swimming pool, and even a zoo. Wow, they're going to blend in great to Chicago. In the meantime, they sent in 11,000 troops to crush the gangs. What did the gangs do? Does anybody remember when Jimmy Carter was the president? What did what the Cubans did with their criminals? I remember what they did. They sent them to America. To say the notorious Tren de Aragua, which is believed to have around 5,000 members operating in at least eight Latin American countries, has trafficked drugs and planned extortion rackets and kidnappings from inside the jail. Boy, oh boy, that's going to be the next business to hit Chicago. I believe it hit Bridgeport. Wasn't there a guy trying to get kidnapped there or they were trying to kidnap him? I wonder if it had anything to do with it. We'll discuss that and much, much more. When I get back, I have a little surprise for you. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. On AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. Ow! It's just beginning. It's just beginning. So before I... Uh, I, uh, where did you put the clip, honey boy? Oh, there you are. Um, before I, I go into uh, Joe Biden and the economy, I was sent a clip during the last break from a, a guy I know for many years, a dear, dear friend of mine. And um, I'm going to inform you after we hear it. Hold on was an absolute inferno and a truly towering one you can see the orange flames engulfing the back four stories of stairs at an oak park apartment complex in this viewer submitted video flames and black smoke billowing above the building so when you opened your door could you see the flames absolutely yes it was yeah i mean they were they were ferocious they were they were mean they were bright tacoma said she heard a commotion around 3 a.m about the same time oak park fire department says the blaze began tacoma dashing to grab her dog Milo before heading to the courtyard. To, you know, turn the corner and have uh, flames and heat just hit you to the point where it almost, like, knocks you over. I felt the black smoke and the and just the heat from it um, was, like, fierce. Tacoma was able to get out unscathed, but 11 residents are now left without a home, and one 69-year-old woman was discovered inside her apartment by firefighters. From what I could see, and I was was pretty close. Uh, there was no movement or anything. That woman was my friend's sister. She did not make it. Oak Park Police did their job. They had a suspect in custody. The state's attorney decided to let him go. 
There's your democratic quality for you. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so we are efforting to get Mark. We will either get him or reschedule. In the meantime, I get so little time with just you and me. I'm going to take advantage of this full force, and we're going to go ahead and prove my point of exactly what is happening to our once great city. It's tragic. It's devolving into a third world hellhole, and there's no question about it. And it's going to be that way throughout the country if the mafia Democrats have their way. But what you're experiencing in Chicago is intentional. Because a bust-out scum, fraud like Brandon Johnson, doesn't mean anything in the real world. And he never did. And the idea that Chicagoans are comfortable not only tolerating being a slave to a corrupt mayor's office and a corrupt short-in-the-pants mafia, once led by Mike Madigan and Ed Burke, now led by these idiots. Oh, he is? All right. Well, we're here, I'm going to take advantage. <laughs> we'll get back to Chicago, and I want to take advantage of talking to Mark. See, Mark started out as an attorney. He started out as an attorney with expertise in debt, transactions, turnarounds, bankruptcy, and venture capital. And he started as a venture capitalist. And it's when you're a, a, in the finance world, you start to understand the favoritism and the corruption between government and special interests. It really does play over to the small in Chicago mafia, all the way to the big in international play. Mark Glennon is the executive editor at WirePoint. Thank you so much, Mark, for uh, joining me. I appreciate the effort. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for having me. Well, this is important because, you know, as as Chicagoans, we see the backdoor corruption and nationalization of once thriving industries and entire sectors of our economy. And this push by the the Dimwood and Diapers administration, some call Joe Biden, to go into this nonsense of electric cars and zero emissions and all the rest of it. This is nothing more than enriching the select few at the cost of the many. But now it's obvious that the select few are in fact the Communist Party of China. And that's a problem. But it does explain why they were bribing his crack-smoking, whoremongering son into uh, billions of dollars and, and a multitude of holding companies, doesn't it? That's right. Uh, you know, this Goshen deal is there. Uh, I'm really challenged to think of anything stupider than this. Uh, even if it weren't the Communist Party, we're giving $8 billion in subsidies to pay for a $2 billion plant. Yes, and that's going to a, a company with clear links to the Chinese Communist Party. And this is a company that has failed and been exposed in such notable Democrat strongholds like California, yet that will not detour the uh, Illinois Democrat, who really is the capital of not just communism in America, but unfortunately, it is the capital of this Marxist mafia. And they will not be detoured by fact. They will not be detoured by their constituents. It really doesn't matter what the people of these areas want. They're just going to go ahead and do it. And with this administration in charge, what really can stop them, in your opinion? And you're an expert of law. You're an expert of money. What can stop them? Because this is obviously a deal that's terrible for everybody. We got some good news today. Just today, 
uh, a group of uh, Republican congressmen sponsored a bill to at least cut off the tax credits. It's called the No Goshen Bill. And uh, fortunately, three of our Congress people here in, in Illinois have signed on to it, Bowles, the Hood, and Miller. And uh, they've got a bunch of other sponsors. Hopefully, that's going to fly through and uh, put a stop not just to Goshen, but to similar deals like it. You know, when you look at the companies that have left Illinois, they're companies that have been here for decades, like Caterpillar. They're companies who were bribed to be here by Democrats like Boeing. Where in the world does Illinois have the ability to give this Chinese communist company $8 billion? I mean, is it, when did J.B. Pritzker, a butter-handed trust fund baby who never had a job, when did he become a god in Illinois? And do we not have any state state politicians that aren't... Uh, 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 a handful that want to push back against this? Are the Democrats just all in all the time? Yeah, well, the, the, the state's portion of that, that eight, $8 billion is, is $536 million. Uh, as you may remember, uh, the legislature authorized a, a bump up in the, the kitty that, that General that, 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 that Prisker has at his disposal to, to bribe these companies to come here, and he has a free hand to use it as he wants. So part of that $536 million came out of that. There are some legislators who have spoken against this. It's so far just the Freedom Caucus. I really don't know why other legislators in any party aren't speaking up. We've uh, just uh, paid for a poll by a good independent uh, uh, pollster, that shows strong opposition across all sectors, both parties, to this kind of thing. So I, I just don't get it, uh, and it makes no sense. I mean, think about this. $8 billion to, for 2,600 jobs. You could have made 8,000 millionaires. Just just give them a million bucks, and you could have done that for 8,000 people instead of creating 2,600 jobs. You know, Mark Lennon, when you set back, you know, you start out, you're a lawyer and the rule of law in America, the idea that law is not to be the spear but to be the shield. And you realize how regulation really has taken the place of the spear. And you look at this this swindle, this true golden goose of corruption called alternative energies. They've been robbing us since the 70s. These schemes riddled in fraud cannot sustain any interest. And when you think about your venture capital days, there's not a business that works on the fundamental principles of return on investment that would be in the alternative energy business if it were not for government welfare subsidies and downright bribery. Would there? I can't think of one. You know, tr- trillions of dollars into this. Uh, I think the government subsidies, that's a good question, about these government subsidies up and down the distribution chain. I mean, just on electric vehicles or, or batteries like that Goshen plant, uh, everything in the chain, the, the parts, the lithium production, everything up and down. You add this all up, it's just one big subsidy. And, of course, there's demand is dwindling. Um, people just aren't buying these things. So, uh, you know, the, the, all sectors in big trouble. You know, Mark, why I'm so upset all the time is because I started out loving what this country gave the ordinary man. And we have in this country millions, tens of millions of people who have done better than they ever thought they would because they were smart, they took advantage of fundamentals, they practiced some investment, and they rotated into wealthy and to not wealthy. But there was a certain pride in being honest. 
And I thought all my years, you know, when we, we I was down at the Merck, we had thousands of guys. They, I just told the story about a guy's sister who just passed away. We started out in the pit together. And you look at what that produced and the competition and the 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 respect for for the rule of capitalism in America. How were they able to corrupt so so many people, even though it's few, to where all others abandoned the idea of true capitalism? And I'm speaking specifically of venture capitalists. Why didn't they stick up for 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 the principle of right and wrong and true investment versus government subsidies? Did everybody just want to be on the government dole? I just don't I don't get it. It's a big part of it. I think that there's plenty of people in venture capital that uh, want them to get get their hands on the the government kitty, and if they can get uh, subsidies for the businesses they invest in, they'll they'll, they'll play that game. Too, not all of them, of course, but too many of them will do that. To get to the core of the answer, I think it's the school system. Um, you know, from K twelve up through college, uh, I, I think moderates and conservatives were asleep at the switch as. Far left progressives completely took over the school system. And uh, I know my kids, I made a point of asking them and their friends as they went through school, has anybody even explained that the difference between capitalism and communism or socialism to you? No, they, they had no idea. No one's ever talked to them about that. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, it's a tragedy, but uh, uh, that's what we're fighting against, of course. And you have the media that uh, uh, only projects the, the far left's vision. Uh, so we're we got big challenges ahead. Of I us. hope they, they wake up and understand what the government means by this so-called equity and equality is through poverty. And you will be those Venezuelan citizens who are fleeing here because they do understand the difference for the most part, the ones who aren't here just to sell drugs. They will understand the difference for the most part. And hopefully we can pull out of this tailspin because the reality is, you know, it's a startling fact. Where are all the IPOs? Where are all of the venture capitalists? Where are the new industries and investing that are popping up? And you look at it and you realize the pool of honest men working money honestly without government collusion and cooperation and corruption. I don't, I don't think that that is even a puddle, let alone a pool anymore. Remember in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s, there were thousands of different venture capitalist firms. Now how many are there? It's like banks. There's a handful, right? Uh, yeah, these are tough times for venture capital. It's it's uh, it, it's shrinking, and uh, you know it's not not just in America too, but the the uh, 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 billions of people, literally billions of people since since 2000, have been lifted up out of poverty by capitalism. It's all capitalist countries where that uh, that improvement has come from. Yet what we what do we turn to? The opposite. We throw away that experience. Uh, that that history, the uh, uh, clear lessons that are going on around the world, and I, I just don't get it. You know, I've got I've, I, I was talking to my kids, and uh, they're young, right? They're going to get started. They're out of school, and they're getting started in their life. And I was trying to to tell them you you, you have to move to where you're loved if you want to be free, because when you live in an area like Chicago, when you live in a corrupt state like Illinois, it's better to be in the fraud then fight against it. And when you look at the deals the fraudsters have, there's no consequences for the bald-faced fraud. And when you see this 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 outrage of, of uh, labor extortion mafias like the UAW cutting this fraud deal where GM gets a $6 billion line of credit and they agree to the terms, and nobody talks of the thousands of former UAW members that were fired during the process, let alone the fact that GM isn't a company anymore. It's a quasi-government pass-through. 
But when you look at the honest companies that built themselves up from nothing, remember UPS, how many millionaires did UPS make? Not just the guys who worked there that were able to buy stock before they went public or and the rest of it, but just the benefit of that company. And now since the shakedown of the organized syndicate union, when you see the collapse of their stock price, $83 in six months, it's outrageous. Nobody's talking about it. Do you think it's because they understand if they do focus it out as media, as financial uh, television shows, they're going to lose their license? And we just unfortunately have become that backdoor nationalized, quiet Soviet society. Yeah, you know, another example is that new Stellantis deal. Uh, we're waiting to get the numbers there. Pritzker, quote, declined to give us the numbers on how much the state and the federal government are putting in to save that Belvedere plant. Uh, Crane yeah. said it's larger than the uh, the, the Goshen subsidies. Um, you know, again, it's great to see those people get back to work. They had the, you know, it was horrible to see them get laid off um, before the, uh, just before Christmas. But, um, God, you know, if, what if we were putting all these billions into uh Making making Illinois a business friendly state, you wouldn't need these government bailouts. Uh, that's the irony. Instead of driving these people out, you know what's funny? I, I I am a free market guy. Have been my whole life. Argue against tariffs. Argue against all of it. Promote freedom and the rest of it. But when you see the way it's been corrupted, and the way people seek out that corruption, I'm to the point now where what you just said a form of austerity, and that's the only the cure. Whereas we simply shut down the flow of our business to outside areas and we only go to the areas that promote the true principles and right to work and right to earn. Because when you look at all of these states that are controlled by the mafia, they all are versions of the same corruption, the same fraud, the same thing. The only thing different is the names and the size of the waistband, isn't it? Uh, you know, it really is a different mentality. I, I spent my formative years in Texas, actually, and uh, it's an entirely different mentality that came out of the oil and gas industry, ranchers, you know, the Texas Rangers, all that stuff. They just wouldn't think of, of looking to the government as a way to uh, advance their lives. And uh, uh, it's been diluted a little bit lately by all the Californians and, and Northerners moving, moving there. Uh, but that, that spirit's got to be brought back. And, uh, you know, we're going to get that austerity, whether you like it or not. Things are going yeah. to get worse in Illinois uh, before they get better. So we're, we're not under any illusion as we write at wire points that we're going to save Illinois in the, in the near term. You know, we hope to have some solutions on the table when people wise up. But uh, this is going to get worse in Chicago and across Illinois. Oh, and by the way, we're not getting equity out of the deal. Uh, we've no. written on this, and there was another study on it. You know, Illinois is rated last, last for equity. Oh, you know, you know, it's it's funny, Mark. When I uh, when I got into real estate, I, I I stopped practicing real estate in Illinois because I didn't hate anybody that much. But it's funny when you when you go into commercial real estate and you talk to these real real estate investment trusts, the REITs, and their ideology of Illinois, specifically Chicago and Cook County, if they even held an interest, most international REITs wouldn't touch the property. And I'm going back 15 years ago, so it, 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 for decades people knew what Illinois was. It was like the Illinoisans were the last to figure it out. But when you see the open violation of the ad valorem system, people aren't paying taxes on the value of their asset. They're literally paying taxes on the cost of corruption. And you see the empty commercial spaces. I mean, I, I'm shocked it's lasted this long. I, I have to believe it's going to collapse at any moment openly and notoriously. Do you think they can hold off the illusion 
of Illinois being anything other than what it really is, completely bankrupt and void of, of, of businesses that are thriving for the most part? Uh, Pritzker is betting that he's doing that. That's obviously part of his presidential bid that uh, look at all the wonderful things I'm doing in Illinois. No, I don't think it's going to work. Um, and you're right, smart people. You know, Warren Buffett said it all a few years ago, he, just, just talking about the pension problem alone. He said he would not invest in a big new project in states like Illinois that had these big pension problems because his words were, they're coming for your money. And yeah. that's the, just, just the pension problem is truly an existential threat to Illinois. It has been for years. They ignore it. It's um, illegal to uh, me. How do you have an arrangement? Let's just stop calling it a pension. I wish there would be at least a couple of politicians. All right, listen, we'll pay you half-ass wise guys. But it's not going to be called a pension anymore. It's an insult to anybody who knows what return on investment is. It's an employment agreement to be a Democrat and to get your friends and family to vote Democrat. We'll just pay you because you're part of the family. I mean, I wish they'd just be honest about it. <laughs> That's well said, <laughs> and with a, said with a beautiful Chicago accent, too. Thank you very much. He is Mark Glennon at Wire Points. Thank you for making time for me. I'm sorry about the confusion in the beginning. I appreciate you taking time. Tell everybody at Wire Points I said hello. I will. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Debbie, you'll be first. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. <laughs> AM 560. The answer. Good for Gavin Newsom. He wanted to dominate the dojo. He beat that poor Chinese kid in basketball. Then he falls down, falls down the stairs. Good for you, you rat. Hey, speak kindly. That's going to be the next president. You certainly don't think this dimwit in diapers is going to hang on, do you? Think about this. We've always come out of every conflict we've gotten into. We've always had every, every problem we've had stronger than we went in. Not your administration. We're going to come out weaker. Not Obama's administration. We came out weaker. In fact, every time there's one of you ret Democrats in charge, we lose. When a farmer sells his commodities normally, you have to go through the grocery store and the farmers get about 18 cents for every federal dollar. Ever. What? Hey, what the... What are you talking about, you bust out? You never did anything in your life but sell policy, you treasonous rat. Every, every dollar they had. Sometimes you get less than that. Some, somebody, but... Brilliant. You just heard the, the fundamental economic principle of Bidenomics. What is it? He has no fracking idea. And uh, I'm glad to be accompanied by... Uh, I want to talk about my administration and its investment in rural America. But I... Yeah, he's fine. Here's a kid in the background. Did you hear the kid score? Where do you hear the kid? And uh, I'm glad to be accompanied by, uh, I want to talk about my administration and its investment in rural America. But I also want to thank uh, uh, Governor. That kid knows when he's being lied to. He knows when his, free, his future's being destroyed. He knows what it's going to be like to rebuild everything after this traitorous whore destroys our country. Debbie, Portage, Indiana. Uh, Hammond, no. Uh, recently, I uh, moved back home to help my mother, and uh, we wanted to just uh, order a pizza at local, you know, Little Caesars. Oh, that's not pizza. And... That's cardboard with ketchup on it, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, we were in a hurry and just wanted to grab a quick bite to eat, and yeah. uh, I did the ordering, and I've come to realize, which most people don't realize, uh, Little Caesars has outsourced when you call in. 
Sure, they're selling that cardboard for five dollars. You think they could pay some Democrat fifteen dollars to screw up the order? Of course not. This is good news, except for your end product. Here, you call Armand's in Elmwood Park. You call Armand's. You order your pie. You talk to people. You get you get actual pizza instead of cardboard with ketchup on it. Come on, Debbie, step up. Thank you very much. (laughs) Cream puff jam. This is one thing you know, you fat bastard. You know pizza. Yeah, Leon Trotsky, where would you put him on the political spectrum? Where would you? Where I'd put him on the bottom. I'd put him at the at the in the at the bottom of a basket of a gear. That's where I'd put him. How about you? But why did why did he want to follow Stalin? How did he want to follow Stalin? What did he, the what nuances of Trot now Trotsky was the guy who hid in Mexico until he caught a wrench in the head I by a Russian. His, I was I was I was at the house. I was at his house down in Mexico City, yeah. He yeah. was nice. He got nice by the secretary's oh. boyfriend. Are you sure? I thought he got his skull caved in, which is a wonderful well, way for him. Uh, I think it was a combo of both. But he actually shot at a few times. But wait, wait, why did he want to follow Stalin? I can't. I, can't uh... I think it was the difference between how long the soup line would be or should be. That's really the difference between uh, Trotsky and Stalin and Lenin. They really didn't think it up. But what I like about Stalin is not only great hair, he had that little short arm. Like one of those yeah. those those defective dolphins that can't just swims in circles. That's what he was. I'm, I hope he burns in hell. Thank you very much, Corey and Woodlawn. Hey, Sean. You know Thomas Jefferson said it best. He said, "I wish future happiness." He predicts future happiness for the American people if they can stop the government from taking care of them with the pretext with their own, from the pretext of taking care of them with their own money. They're not even trying to take care of us with the money now. They're just putting it in their pocket. They took no. the COVID money and stuck it right into their pension fund. And I was on the phone with a state senator named Maddie Hunter, and she said that to our face. She took They took a big chunk of the COVID money and stuck it into their pension so that when they retire, they'll live happier lives, and we're stuck with the bill. You know, Corey, that's why I call them the true one percenters. But you realize, and I'm, I'm dead serious, think of, a, think of anything, a policy or a project, a project. If a private company did what the government did with the Jane Byrne ramp. I use it because it's still, it still baffles my mind how people could sit by. It took twice as long and twice as much money as the Hoover Dam. What are you, out of your mind? That you'd go to prison. If you and I had a company that misappropriated that kind of money, went over the budget, lied openly to our clients, we would go to jail, and we should. What does government get? A raise in our property taxes. See, that's what people have to understand. Government in, in America has a, has, a, has a uniqueness to it. It has a covenant with the people. It's a representative republic, and you will not be taxed on anything more than you should be, in particular when it comes to property. Illinois said to you, no, 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 we're taxing you because our pensions are high. I just played that clip of that Cook County dimwit who dresses like Liberace, Pappas. She said, this has nothing to do with your property values. This is because we have to pay the governments, the over 900 governments, more money. That's when people go to jail. What are you doing? You're bankrupting good, hardworking people, both government people who get their money from government and honest people. And it just is normal? Okay, I'll pay my taxes. And what happens if you don't? They steal your property. So you are truly a serf. That's the definition of slavery. I can't make my own decisions anymore. And I, I, I pay whatever you tell me I pay. And now your people, your group, your clan of government workers, you're not held by any other economic realities and principles that I'm held by. Well, then what am I? I stupefied Thanks, you. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's what happens when you're not in a right-to-work state. You know, 
There are other states that this doesn't happen in. But do you know what the difference is? They're not led by mafia members who pretend to be Democrats. They're led by Americans called Republicans and in some cases independents. We'll be back after this. I was just listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM 560, the answer. This was played at the Obama inauguration, wasn't it? You know, it's funny. We have a president with an alias. Barack Obama's vice president. The most corrupt politician this country has ever seen. The idea that this guy has aliases. One moment, please. May I help you? Yeah, let me speak to Brett Weir. Uh, who's calling? Is he in? Yeah, who's calling? Look, jerky, I don't need to talk to you. I believe this was one of the uh, voicemails left on his private phone that nobody wants to talk Peter, about. you broke a lot of this years ago uh, about the Biden family influence peddling, and you've got new information this morning, uh, breaking news on a cell phone that Joe Biden was using. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. What is the line of communications between Hunter Biden and his business partners and Joe Biden when he's vice president of the United States? It's not the government phone. It's not Joe Biden's personal phone. We know from the laptop that Hunter Biden's business paid for a private phone line that Joe Biden used while he was vice president. It was organizing treason and a plot to take on this country. That's why you do you think it's a it's a coincidence. Oh, it's open borders. It's just no, it's not. There's there's hundreds of billions, if not trillions in illegal immigration and they're stealing the money. It's not just like Chicago where they have a hundred million dollar contract with some Democrat donor that pretends to provide health care services. Here's a question. How much do taxpayers have to spend per year on illegals? Uh, do you want to know? Uh, I it's do. $182 billion a year. That's what we are spending on the illegal immigrants. How many? Fifteen and a half million. That's a fraud number. If you're spending $182 billion on $15.5 million, there's $45 million. How do you know? They don't tell you they're here. And now, in certain Democrat strongholds, you can vote. What's your name? Doesn't matter. March by undocumented workers calling for more in unemployment benefits shuts down the Brooklyn and Manhattan bridges. Good evening once again. I'm Maurice Dubois. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Christine Johnson. The workers are not eligible for federal relief, and the New York State funding program is out of money. CBS 2's Andrea Klein-Thomas has more on their demands. Tuesday morning, protesters temporarily shut down lanes of the Manhattan and Brooklyn bridges to demand more pandemic relief. And why shouldn't they? They vote in New York, and they're voting in all Democrat strongholds around the country. Santa Ana could become the latest city in the country to allow non-citizens to vote at the ballot box. Non-citizens are prohibited from voting in federal elections. But municipalities in Maryland, Vermont, and here in California have allowed non-citizens to vote in local elections. How do you think that's going to turn out? In the meantime, I wonder if it'll be the... the uh, 
the fentanyl salesmen that get the vote. This man is still Chicago's most wanted fugitive, Nemesio Ruben Asagura Cervantes. As the I-team has reported for the past five years, El Mencho, as he's known, is considered the city's public enemy number. We got to give you a good name, El Squirlo. One leader of the bloodthirsty new generation cartel that smuggles huge drug shipments from Mexico to the streets of Chicago. Tonight, though, even as El Mencho's capture would pay out a 10... I wonder, is the cartel, are they ponying up some money for these tents, or is this all on the federal government and the Democrats who live in Chicago? ...million dollar reward, and he occupies a special place on the U.S. wanted list. Federal drug authorities have quietly added these three new operatives to the top 10 fugitive list from a splinter cartel group called Los Chapitos, owned and operated, according to the feds, by the sons of this man, Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, currently locked up for life in America's supermax prison. The big takeaway for me is there's a sea change in what the United States Department of Justice and DEA deem as the biggest threat to the United States. And now it's fentanyl. And these younger generations represent that threat. They're the ones producing it. They're the ones getting it across the border. Fentanyl is cheaper to make, transport, buy, and faster to cause overdose deaths. A large portion of the 100,000 opioid deaths every year in the U.S. are attributed to fentanyl. One of the three new cartel fugitives, Kun Yang, charged with supplying the chemicals. Kun Yang? That doesn't sound Mexican or Venezuelan. It doesn't even sound Middle Eastern, who's directly attached to the cartels in Central and South America. What kind of name is Kun Yang? to produce fentanyl, a Chinese national making his... Oh, a Chinese national. That's where the Bidens and all their links and all the rest of it, it's all treason. And it wasn't always this way. The Democrats weren't so open about being a mafia. They weren't so willing to expose themselves in the sophomoric scams as hiring health care providers and kicking back 30% to Chicago Democrats. I remember when... Uh, Democrats understood some things. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards. By I love that, Squirrel. You know what that is? That takes all of them that would be listening. The cowardless gangsters, the half-assed Marxist mafia. It takes them by the back of the head and it rubs their nose in the gaga. That is the traitor and thief's administration and all the sitting Chicago Democrat profiteers of corruption. Providing support for bordering cities as well as cities like Chicago and New York and Denver. Uh You're being lectured to by a bust out who was on a payment plan for his water bill. Sitting there in a $6,000 suit with a phony mohawk on his head. The stupid looking son of a dog. We'll be back after this. Broadcasting from the petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. My favorite news story from yesterday was hard to pick. It really was. So many reminders. So many bastardization examples of our language to remind the people that they're a slave 
But I think this one does the trick. NBC5's Courtney Sisk spoke with a group of aldermen who want voters to decide if Chicago should maintain its sanctuary city status. Wait a minute. You mean voters didn't decide that? You mean just the small group of corrupt political whores in important positions are the reason for this chaos in Chicago? Isn't that always the way? You should have known that. You've been voting for Democrats for 100 years. How's it going? Five Chicago aldermen are holding a special meeting Thursday morning to try and add a referendum. What are the odds two of them were drunk? I know if they had aldermen, uh, the one outside of Boss Bar, he was definitely drunk. ...to the ballot that would allow Chicago voters to weigh in on the city's sanctuary city status. I think it's absolutely imperative that we give voters the opportunity to have their view on this subject heard, especially when we're talking about spending $255 million this year alone just to take care of 20,000 migrants. 15th Ward Alderman Raymond Lopez. Boy, what's the math on that? $250 million, 20000 Are you out of your fracking mind? They're stealing the money! Lopez believes it's time for voters to have a say in Chicago's sanctuary city status, which dates back to 1985. All of this has been an academic exercise. Was that the only mayor Chicago ever had that was proud of the lingerie? Is that Harold Washington and his lingerie? It might be. It's either that or the other one who has the exit ramp for the cost of the twice the Hoover Dam. Size for decades until it became very real very quick over the last 13 months. The meeting is scheduled for 10.30, but Mayor Brandon Johnson won't be in attendance. He's think Brandon Johnson wears laundry like Harold Washington did? That's a tough one. He looks a little sweet. Heading to D.C. with four other U.S. mayors. And we're going to push the federal government just like we're going to push the state of Illinois to do its part. Look, Chicago... Why don't you do your part? Hey, stupid. Hey, bust out. Couldn't pay your water bill. When have you ever done your part? What did he make? $200,000 couldn't pay his water bill. You're lucky they're only stealing, what, $250 million? I was leaning in. We have borne the brunt of the responsibility here. And while waiting for potential... A Democrat that can't pay any of his own bills doesn't even get to say the R word. Don't you ever say responsibility. You don't have any. You're not a man. You're a Democrat. You don't pay your own bills. You don't pay anybody else's bills. You rob people. You're a Democrat, and you're continuing to do it. That's the end of the show, Squirrel? This was fast. I didn't even get to play Zelensky. You know how I liked Zelensky. You were going to play your favorite song. Nothing? We don't get the song? We don't get nothing? All right, 21 hours. We'll play Zelensky and the rest of it. We'll be back in 21. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 